Welcome to the ProStar Podcast, where we are in the business of making people's day and talking to people who we believe uh, line up with our vision of, of not only making people's day, but also making people's lives. Yes, we happen to be very good at insurance, and if you have any needs for your personal insurance, certainly don't hesitate to think of us. But uh, today, I'm extremely excited to bring on my friend, Paul Canoe. And Paul Canoe, uh, I'll let him introduce himself in a second. Uh, but I got a chance to know, meet Paul many years ago at the golf club, uh, and he was an assistant pro at our, at our golf club, and he was always very engaged with the bag room. And the bag room, uh, you know, often brings uh, different kids from different backgrounds who, who come through and, and work and, and uh, work in the golf industry, and also very, very good with our membership. And, and, uh, and anyway, so Paul now works for an organization called... The Evans Scholarship. Yep, which is part of the Western Golf Association. Which is part of the Western Golf Association, the WGA. And he's been there almost a year now. But prior to that, he was always looking for ways to expand in this field. And so I, I'm excited to hear about what Paul's up to and for you to hear what Paul's up to. Uh, I had the chance to go to the Evans House in the University of Washington, uh, but he can also, um, he'll tell us where some of the other houses are. But first and foremost, I just want to hear about how you got involved in the game of golf and, and how you found a passion for empowering kids and edu their education through the game of golf. Yeah. Um, well, first, thanks for having me. This is, I couldn't imagine a first podcast with a better, with a better host. So, uh um, just a little bit, a little bit about me. I'm from Malvern, Washington. I grew up, uh, my, my parents were both high school teachers. Mm. Um, my mom took a break from teaching to take care of my brother and I. Um, so my dad was an egg teacher at Malvern High School for 30 plus years. What did he teach? Uh, animal science, horticulture. Um, he was the FFA advisor. Mm. So, you know, when they say teachers have summers off. He was definitely not one of those teachers. He was always you right. know, taking the kids out to state fairs to show animals. and um, But along with that, he and my mom also like made a big sacrifice in <clears throat> supporting us in our, in our golf endeavors. My dad, on top of being an egg teacher, was a JV um, golf coach. At Mount Vernon High School. At Mount Vernon High School. So I would, <clears throat> I would tag along with him. And then when I was about four. Of course you guys play. Uh, they would play Skagit Golf and Country Club. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I was four, I, was, I, I would sit in the car with him when I was two. And then when I was four is when I got into, when I finally asked him, like, hey, dad, I want to try this. Right. Right. He wasn't the dad to put the clubs in our hands. So it was always an active pursuit of my brother and I. Mm. Um, and then once we started to realize we want to take it more serious. Yep. Um, it was getting more expensive. Yeah, we had to figure out ways to pay for it. You know? Yeah, uh, my mom again wasn't working; she was taking care of us. My dad was was teaching, <coughs> so I found out about caddying at a place called Avalon Golf Links. Yeah, that's where um, my bachelor party was, by the way. It's a fantastic. We'll go, we'll go into that later. It's a fantastic. Maybe, maybe. family owned and operated twenty seven hole facility built in the early nineties. Yeah, uh, with the focus um, of having youth caddies hmm. to with the other focus of providing the opportunity for those youth caddies to earn the Evans Scholarship, which if people aren't familiar with the Evans Scholarship, it's a, it was started in 1930 in Chicago by the Western Golf Association. Um, actually, Chick Evans 
partnered with the Western Golf Association when he, uh, when he, his mom advised him. He was one of the most prolific amateur golfers. His mom advised him to start a, a, a scholarship fund for to to send his caddy to uh, uh, college. Really? Okay. So 1930. 1930. Okay. So since then. The Evans Scholars Foundation, under the Western Golf Association, has been awarding these scholarships to full tuition housing scholarships to caddies. Um, started in the Midwest in Chicago when Chicago was the West, right? The late, right, eight, right, the late right. 1890s. There's a lot of caddies that even were in the annual tournament this year from Illinois, Chicago area, right? Mm -hmm. Still a heavy presence. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, I would say most of our partnering universities are in the Midwest too. So it's, it's a heavily Midwest scholarship. So anyway, like the, the, the neat part about that whole thing is that since it is a Midwest scholarship and this golf course in the Pacific Northwest had just opened up to provide caddy opportunities for kids to earn this scholarship that I had no idea what it was. My, no one that I, I was around knew, knew what this Evans scholarship was. Right. Um, and so I was just there caddying because I knew caddying, I could get, make a little bit of money yep. and I would get to play golf after I caddied. Yep. So for free. It was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. For free. Yeah. So it was a way for my brother and I to, to play golf. We yeah. were, we were, we were allowed to hang out there all day. We would get there at five thirty in the morning, wait yeah. for a loop until noon. Yeah. The golf staff took care of us. Um, Older brother, younger, younger brother. Okay. If we didn't get a loop or if we didn't get paid that day, like it, it was a public course, right? So we would go caddy and then sometimes we wouldn't get paid. Yeah. Um, How old and, were you? Uh, I caddied from when I was like 11 to 13, 14. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Um, and you were caddying. So when you take a loop, how many loops would you do in a summer? Uh, we would probably get like, I mean, if it, were, if it were up to me, I would be there seven days a week. But um, it was usually five a week. Wow. And then it, sometimes yeah. we, would, like, we would go out twice, right? We would go in the morning, then we would go again, so... Yeah, um, and you'd get to you'd get to meet people from all backgrounds and all mm -hmm. walks of life in that in that role. I bet. Yeah, from eleven to fourteen, what an experience! And so, did you become? Did you get involved with the Evans scholarship, or no? So, at that time, yeah, I at, at that time I still didn't know what it was. Um, John Rehorn, who is the head men's golf coach at Arizona, or at Oregon State University, mm. um, he was a caddy a few years ahead of me. Um, and he told my dad about it, I believe. Hmm. Um, and then my dad was like, oh, there's this full tuition housing scholarship that, you know, I, I, I had good grades. I was involved with, you know, church, community, all that stuff, mm -hmm. golf, basketball. Um, and we obviously needed the, the financial aid right. to, right. You know, to actually go to, go to school. So once it was on my dad's radar, thanks to John, um, then it was, okay, now we're going to get there at 5 o'clock in the morning, so I'm guaranteed the loop to get out, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Now it's like, now there's more tangible, attainable goal at the end of this. Like, yeah, it was nice to have the free golf and yeah. and the Little lunch if money. I didn't get paid. Yeah. But, yeah. like, now it's like, no, this is this is a way that I can go to, go to college, right? Because mm. my parents always told me, hey, if you're not going to be able to pay for college somehow, whether it's through school or athletics, right. you're probably not going to go to college. You're going to be in a trade, which is, which is fine. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm in a trade right now. I just, I'm, I'm like working on my house. So <laughs> I wish I knew a trade. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so 
so that's how I became aware of the Evans Scholarship and then and then pursued it. Um, eventually was awarded it. Um, oh, you were? Okay. Yep. So you're so, an Evans Scholar. I'm an Evans Scholar. That's um, awesome. Most of our Evans Scholars from Washington actually go to the University of Washington. Right. Um, now that we have a house there. Yeah. But, um, but I got offered a spot to play golf uh, on the golf team at Washington State, and I also wanted to major in turf grass management, so they kind of made a an exception um, mm. for me to go to Washington State. That's still, awesome. Still full tuition. Yeah. Housing paid for. Um, so, but you didn't live in a house like at the U where they've got their kind of all together. You got to live in independent or a fraternity mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. a dorm or. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was in I was in a fraternity and a dorm. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so here's something that you and I have in common. <clears throat> Both of our undergrad was paid for. Mine was paid for by the Pell Grant which Washington actually federally, if you're a ward of the court, you have access to, and it's very similar. Uh, it covers your room and board, and actually there's a little extra, and I didn't spend it on the greatest of choices, but um, so full, full disclosure to you taxpayers. But, uh, but yeah, and I, and it, I had, uh, I was the first in my family to, to, to get a college degree, um, and I did it uh, because I had the opportunity through the need, which is something that uh, also was is a shared reality of the Evans Scholarship, and um, and you know the warranting of it is the circumstance of being awarded the court. Uh, I was awarded the court when I was seven, and so what's I'm excited to kind of weave these stories and ideas in as we talk about yes, the Evans Scholarship and and how we can get involved and what it does for kids to have access to the game of golf, the people of golf. When I was 20, I wrote down my priorities. They sit in my home office still to this day. Okay, I'm 43. I was 20. So it's 23 years ago. And I read about the power of, you talked about setting a goal that's attainable. What I learned about along with setting goals was the power of prioritization. And so in my home office, it says my priorities. It says family and friends, number one, school or work, number two, Golf, number three. Those are my priorities. And so it's fun to me, and how I got golf as a priority was I was a young kid who was angry. I'd get in fights in elementary school, and I got a six iron from Big Five, and my aunt took me out to Super Range. My aunt and uncle, who weren't going to have kids, raised me from the age of seven. They were awarded custody of me. And so she buys me a six iron. I still have it this day. I would hit dandelions in the backyard, and it was therapeutic. And so I wouldn't have to go to school and be as angry the next day and get in another fight. I spent more time in the principal's office than I did in the classroom in elementary school. And so it was therapeutic. And so when my aunt heard of a local course, Blue Boy, Blue Boy West was my first round of golf. And we went out and played. And then she got invited from her new boss at the company she was at, Waste Management, to go to the Waste Management um, Classic or the golf tournament. The GTE. Yeah, the GTE one. Waste Management. And yeah, so yeah, they were yeah. co-sponsoring, I think, and it was uh, I was 12 uh, or 13 years old at the time. And it completely opened my eyes to a different world I never would have known existed had I not gone out there. And I thought to myself, people get to play golf here. So then it hit my intrigue. So when I was 16 years old and I learned to drive, I would go to Jackson Park Golf Course. And for five bucks from 10 to two, you could play at a junior rate for five bucks. And I would play as a single. That's how we're gonna get insurance looped into this too. 
no pun intended, loop, is, <laughs> is we would, uh, <laughs> is I would play golf with people as a single and I'd ask them on a Tuesday at 11 o'clock when my tea time came up, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Because I wanted to know, like, what industries and careers give you the flexibility to play golf on a Tuesday? Now, there were teachers who were on summers. There were retirees. Those don't count. Then there was occasional dentist, chiropractor, who kind of had it all dialed in. But then it was professional service advisors and sales-type, entrepreneurial-type people. And I'm like, I'm not going to go to med school or dentist school. I don't like science. So... But I like people. And so I track to graduation from that education that I got. And you had to have a degree. If you didn't have a degree, you couldn't get the job at the place I started, which is in insurance and financial services, because I was going to give myself a two-way go and figure out which one I liked the most. And so at 27, having landed on insurance instead of financial services and all the testing and Series 7 and CFPs and all that stuff, started ProStar, and here we are 16 years later. And so it, but school or work was number two, mm -hmm. right? So my priorities, family and friends, school or work, golf. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what I love about, what I'd love for you to share too, is, is what your experience was at Avalon, but also, you know, your, your dad's capability uh, and your parents' capability of putting you in a position where you could see and experience and be in proximity with people who play the game of golf. Golf is a game that people go, gosh, you spent four hours on the golf course. And what, did you get anything done? Oh, Absolutely. Almost always, some positive interaction occurs with people when they play golf together. Uh, you know, if you look at presidents over the last, I have a picture of JFK teeing it off, uh, you know, one day. Um, I can't remember the golf course he was on, but, and I, you know, I got this picture of JFK teeing it up. The average president plays 400 rounds in an administration. People are like, wow, presidents are always playing golf. Well, you can speak to it as a caddy. It's not just golf, right? What else do you, you see and experience? And, and I could relay it too, but what do you see and experience as a caddy from 11 years old on in terms of, of the way the game of golf is, become set, is such an important part of, of America and really of society? And it, it comes from Europe, and there's some lot older golf courses in Europe than there are here, but I just think about and continue to think about how can golf continue to influence kids to believe in possibilities and how can golf continue to be a activity where positive things like this come about? It's, it's a pretty big question, so thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. I might yeah, go yeah. different. I teed it up high. <laughs> I might go a few different directions. Let it fly. But, I mean, <clears throat> just to touch on what you've said initially about how you, how you got into it, right? How you picked mm. up the club, and it was like a a, a release, like a mental, like a mental health release, mm. right? Um, I think if you talk about golf and the relationship of the caddy specifically to golf, it's it has, it's founded in the game overseas. There has always been that caddy player relationship. Mm. Um, 
I think people think of golf as a very solitary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it's the opposite of that. Um, again, like what you said, you would go to the golf course as a single and you get paired up with a right. bunch of random people who share a similar interest. Right. Varying skills. Yep. Right? Yep. Varying personalities, but everyone has the same goal of hitting that ball, finding it, hitting it again. Yeah. And, you know, being outside in nature, walking preferably, taking a caddy. Yep. Um, but just the the ability for the game itself just to open those doors for, for people. Um, mm. Let's say... Let's say I, I want to go play golf, right? I've, I'm, I'm fortunate I've been able to play golf for, you know, as a four-year-old up and through until now that I'm 40 and I have a four-year-old and now I enjoy the golf course completely different than I did 10 years ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I think that's the nice thing about golf is it, there are, is always something there for someone to latch onto, whether it is mentoring a student that's trying to earn an Evan scholarship, yeah. whether it's trying to get better, whether it's trying to beat your friend at your weekly, you know, yep, at your yep. at, at at your weekly game, or whether it's traveling the country to see different historic golf courses or right. places, or, um, or just hey, I want to go out and I want to meet new people. Um, I have I have I have a friend who lives in Seattle, and that's just what he does. He's a terrible at golf. Yeah, terrible at golf. But yeah. he just likes to go to Interbay as a single and get paired up and just meet new people. Yeah. No, no and question. And the doors that that can open for somebody outside of, you know, a golfer and, and another golfer, but just introducing introducing demographics and different um, different age groups and different... I'm going to focus on students, obviously, because that, cause that's, that's my job. Yeah. But giving... Tell, telling the story that, that, that golf is out there that you can... You can meet these new people. You can experience all these things. You can you, you can have a break for your mental health. You can, um, yeah, you know, fitness. Like if you're walking the golf course, like it's. I mean, you know, the golf club that you're a member at is not an easy walk. You know right? what I joined too. You know, you know the biggest sale point to me, and it's like hopefully going to remain like the Costco hot dog. Twenty dollars for the junior rate. So I could bring a junior out to Inglewood Golf Club for twenty bucks, mm-hmm. and a kid could experience. And I've probably taken a hundred juniors because when past golf is is what happened for me was not just my aunt, but also my fifth and sixth grade teacher. So I love educators. The Pro Star Invitation we just talked about actually this morning in ideation. It's going to come out next fall, and it's probably going to be at a course like Avalon or Echo Falls or mm-hmm. some course like that. Um, for the first year, the inaugural Pro Star Invitation. But we're going to support four core ideas. Number one is, you mentioned teachers. We're going to support nurses, we're going to support first responders, and we're going to support military. And, and we have a couple organizations that we've already kind of keyed in on that the charity <clears throat> from golf will support. I've played a a long time in a tournament called the Liberty Mutual National Final. And and uh, it's going to be at Tigers Course in Montana mm-hmm. <clears throat> next year. And last year it was at Kiwa Island, and it's been at Sawgrass and Streamsong and Pinehurst and at Pebble Beach. And the philanthropy side of golf, 
I think goes under noticed. The amount of goodwill that the game of golf in general, this vision in 1930 for Evans to say, let's create. And I went to that house. Mm -hmm. Like when he talks about a full ride and, and housing at the University of Washington for kids who had a need, who worked for it, who had a good caddy record, and who had good grades. I think that's basically the criteria, so I remember, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then you walk through this house and you talk to these students. <clears throat> they are going to contribute greatly to society. The opportunity that they've been given, it's an old sorority house off of 47th, that, for those who know the University of Washington, 40... Yeah, it's like 45th and 21st. 45th and 21st. Okay, I, I was two blocks from there at the U making far different. My house looked far different than this one did. Um, Might have looked a little like Paul's fraternity. Uh, but there's, there's, it's co-ed, right? Yep. And so it's boys and girls both uh, able to have access to education. And all the conversations, and ProStar works really hard to be apolitical, a uh, meaning we don't care. You need insurance, and you live in our community. Um, believe what you believe, and and we we will support you. Mm -hmm. um, and and our team members can hold their their own set of beliefs. But at the end of the day, what I love about the game of golf is it, and and what you're doing with Evans is a great equalizer, is exposure and education. Like education is a great equalizer. And, I, and anybody who argues against that, I, I will stand up against. Because I, I completely disagree with anybody who doesn't believe in education providing possibilities and opportunities and access to education. You may not want it. It's exactly what you said. You, you may or may not have had the access to, to the education. Mm -hmm. If you didn't, you'd have gone this route. Mm -hmm. And you would have lived a good life, and you would have been very productive. And matter of fact, I got uh, a couple of my kids who, Tiger loves mowers, blowers, and weed eaters. I don't know. He's a Toro guy. He's yeah. a Toro guy. You know, so I'd bring him up to tour the maintenance facility and bang around with Greg, and he could do it all day and yeah. every day. And he's got a little Gator electric. He plugs it in at night, and he drives it around the backyard, and he picks stuff up. And, and, and if, you know, he might not need to go to college. And I'm not trying to discourage Tiger out of, out of education, but he may just choose, that, choose a different route. But at the end of the day, I'm going to encourage him to go to college. Why? So he has options. Mm -hmm. He has choices. You ever mm -hmm. seen Good Will Hunting? I think of that scene where they're in Good Will Hunting, and he's like, dude, listen, you're sitting on a winning lotto ticket. We'll be here. You know, we'll be doing demo construction work till we're 50. Yeah. That's just the way it's going to be for us. But you capitalize on what you've got. And Evans is providing that opportunity for kids who have the vision that you did to go get an education, to show up at five o'clock in the morning, to make some money, to get a nice meal, and to play the game of golf. And the concept we call this, and I talked to Paul before the podcast about this kind of main idea I think about with the Evans Scholarship, is it's virtuous synergy. It's virtuous synergy. It's, it's a wholesomely good program that ha is based and why it's you know it's what 80 years old now 
2030. Yeah, so it's 90 plus years old now. And, and there's no question to me as to why they continue to grow because they just, they are now still, in, now they're investing in you. You're a full-time member, mm-hmm. right? So um, maybe tell us a little bit about what your role is now. But Paul was really just a passionate volunteer as a Evans scholar. And I haven't met a single Evans scholar who doesn't give back, who isn't grateful for the opportunity they had. And I, I don't know, I haven't met everybody who had the Pell Grant. <laughs> Okay, but I can tell you, I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity to get an education because I too was in the same boat. There, there wasn't money to send me to undergrad. We weren't sure how that'd work, if it could work. You know, I'd go sell something and go into sales, and I probably would have done just fine. But at the same time, what I know is that because I had an education, I was able to get that job in the, in, in the insurance and financial services world because that was a barrier for entry. If I did not have a bachelor's degree, I could not have applied. So if I hadn't had access to an education, I wouldn't have had that option. Mm -hmm. And who knows where I'd be today, right? So I would love for you to just maybe expand on, on, on that idea of what you're doing now and how we can get involved. If anybody is, you know, really understands what the vision of what we're talking about here, Kids all over the country now, right? Mm-hmm. And you're supporting the West, Western yep. Washington, Western United States, Western United Western United States. And then maybe talk a little bit about you know even what you you this last week what you got to see and what your vision is for for kind of a, a lower income housing area in San Francisco and anything else that's going on. Yeah, so I think you touched on a lot of like important stuff, but like the main thing that I think. Golf in general has like you asked me that question about what it means on like a big hole like golf as an industry doesn't necessarily have a good way of telling its story Mm. and how beneficial it is to everybody and the community, right? Um, I think that Evan Scholars Foundation is one way to help tell that story if you are at you know a private club that is thinking about having starting a youth caddy program or something like that, yeah. Um, like if you're if you can pinpoint, yes, this kid from our community, he was identified that he wanted to go to, or she wanted to go to college. Right. They came out to caddy. We supported them. We mentored them. Yeah. Right. They caddied, they caddied, you know, however many rounds to qualify. Right. Um, by the way, we asked for two years minimum successful and regular caddying. Yep. Um, then you get to see them apply for the scholarship. And then fingers crossed they get the scholarship. Then you get to see them go to school. Mm -hmm. And then they get to go live in these these, you know, this this communal living with other Evan scholars from different backgrounds. There's advisors there that help them with school. We have a career services person now that helps them with um, getting placed for internships and placed out of college. When your graduation rates off the chart. Yeah, it's ninety five percent graduation and then ninety five percent placed in either grad school or employment after after within six months. That's amazing. Like, not a lot of scholarships can say that. That's amazing. But a, a lot of scholarships, like, you know. Well, to like, your point, it's the support and the mentorship and mm-hmm. the community aspects, right? So a two-year, two, can you give a little more on the criteria? So, you know, it's interesting. Our golf club is just bringing it back. And uh, we were in our second year of, of kind of getting it going. And actually, we talked with Paul on the front end. Uh, 
Inglewood traditionally has had a, a long history of a caddy program. Actually, the first Evans Scholar president in the new house was Johnny Marks. Wow. Uh, so he's, he's, he's an, Ev- an Evans Scholar from Inglewood. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like 2018, I think, was when the house was officially opened. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So criteria. So if, if, and this is across the West Coast, what, what clubs can they caddy at or what, what kind of, I don't want to just plug Inglewood or Seattle Golf Club or sure. whoever, so, like in Avalon, it sounds like, but where, what are, how many are there? There's, there's, on, in the West, there's not a lot. Okay. Um, there are certain, you know, cathedral clubs in, in big markets like, um, let's say San Francisco Golf Club. Okay. Right. They have, they, they have caddies mandatory. Right. Uh, but they're mostly pro caddies. Um, th- there's other there's other clubs that have like a caddy mandatory, <coughs> like a professional caddy mandatory. It's in their it's it's in their bylaws. In the Northwest, it's not necessarily like that. There's not the caddy culture, so right. to speak. Um, there's one youth caddy program at Seattle Golf Club okay. that has been ongoing since 1900. Yep. Um, but before, let's say the '90s, or let's say before the advent of the of the golf cart in general, yeah, like there were youth caddy programs at every at every golf course, private, yeah. public. Um, kids would come out and they'd caddy for you know ten cents. Um, it's 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 been there before, um, and now it's just tapping into those the history of caddies and how we have had Evans scholars. Like we have three hundred and fifty. Seven Evans Scholars alumni from Washington. Hmm. Um, Anywhere, so nowhere else right now with a strong youth caddy program, though, other than SGC? Other than SGC, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily, no, in, in uh, Washington. But we do this year we do have a few new programs. So Avalon Golf Links has a dozen caddies. Nice. This year. Nice. Um, so the head pro there, Eric Ferrier, his son is a current Evan scholar. Nice. Um, so the way. How did he qualify? He, Eric, so Eric was the assistant pro when, when I got the uh, uh, scholarship. Yeah. Um, there, it's, you know, it's a big family. Mm-hmm. Um, school was, you know, not necessarily in the picture unless it was paid for. Yep. So Nolan, his son, wanted to get this scholarship. So Eric, the head pro at Avalon, and Brian Krulak, the head pro at Sutton Valley, were like, okay, between these two clubs, we'll get him enough loops. Yeah. So they just, they just picked awesome. it out. He wanted to do it, so they did it, and you know, the rest is history. So now, now that his, his son has gotten the scholarship and you know, Avalon has five to ten scholars, like historically, he wants to, like you said, give back. Yeah, um, that's that's their way of giving back. It's like, okay, we're gonna provide we're gonna provide this opportunity for other kids in this in this um, um, area, and yeah. we'll figure it out. Subsidized caddy fees with yeah. tip, so it's no cost. But like what we're doing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, what's interesting to me is not only whether or not a caddy gains an Evans scholarship. You know, a book that I mentioned uh, before the podcast with Paul is a book called The Slight Edge, and it's written by Jeff Olson. And Jeff talks about he was a caddy. And one of the most powerful things about caddying, aside from, in, in this context, the ability to potentially gain a paid-for, all-in, full-ride education, is accessibility to people who 
are very um, they've they've done something a lot of times like uh, in terms of success and and in terms of mindset and so what he he gleaned from Caddian was like I could I could do this I could well, you know like there's a there's an aura almost of you know maybe of a of the golf club or a golf club member that's like well they've got to been they must have been born on the right side of the tracks they must have some sort of an eight talent that you know is unattainable and then when you caddy and you get close to them you realize no they don't they, there's there's most of them are just like you and me but they have developed a few certain disciplines and skill sets and capabilities that cause them to be able to spend their 1,440 minutes a day that we all get differently than a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. And so when you can get access to that in proximity to it, your ceiling as a kid, just like me, when I went to that one golf tournament out at Inglewood and I looked around and I go, wow, I never knew this existed, right? The access to that possibility in and of itself, I think, is, is huge. So the question that, you know, we, we ask at, at our golf club, and I think we'll even be in an offsite for the board this year and, and continued conversations is like, how do we increase the exposure to youth of the opportunity to caddy? Because you do make money, mm-hmm. and and it and you do yeah you get exercise I suppose if, if that's a value but you you get money and you get access to people and the mentorship and support like we had a um, a caddy training last spring and I, I I'd invited a couple of kids that I knew from uh, a local area and you know and Jim mm-hmm. Cisco. Mm-hmm. He, he takes them to dinner and he chats them up and he just loves on them. And, and then the kid is caddying like two weeks later and I get a call from a member. He's like, this is awesome. We got to do more of this. This is this summer. We got to do more of this. That kid is dynamo. He is great. He's respectful. You know? and, and so when you can teach kids um, to caddy well mm-hmm. within, you know, because golf, what I like about golf is there's, there are some rules and etiquette and decorum that uh, kids right now, their bar is not very high in a lot of contexts. And people are not, they're not always being held to a standard of accountability like with love mm-hmm. the golf club will. Because mm-hmm. they will be instructed you know, that's why one of the categories is, is they've got a good caddy record and high character. Yep. Because you, you could be ejected. If yep. you're not getting it, if, you, if, you, if you're not either ready or you can't understand and learn etiquette of golf, yep. you're not going to continue to loop. And so you assimilate through the, I don't know, the pressure socially of, 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 of the community, mm-hmm. which is such a powerful way to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'd just be curious to know what, uh, I asked folks, what, what's the main thing I should, should ask Paul Day? And one of the things is how can we help? How can we expand it? 
I'm committed. ProStar's committed. A number of people on our team love the game of golf. Um, and I'll say one business story before you answer the question of how we can get involved, how we can help. I brought out uh, Odie Vincent. Mm-hmm. We brought Odie Vincent out to speak at the Young Agents Conference. Uh, probably I was on the committee 12 years ago, let's say. I can't remember exactly. It was up at Tulalip. And uh, he was a golf coach at University of Washington at Duke. And I think he, it, it, last I checked, he was running the LA Open uh, as the executive director of the LA Open. I don't know if he's still in that role. But he gave a story about the game of golf that I thought was so applicable to business. And it was uh, freshmen, when they would come off the golf course, he would, he would ask them a simple question. And it took them a little while to figure out the right way to answer the question. And the question was, what did you shoot? And it's a number. Mm-hmm. And business is not much different. It's not a story, right? A P&L doesn't have a lot of room for a story. It, it, there's stories within how the numbers were derived. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, A minus B equals C. And it doesn't matter how fancy somebody talks or dresses. And this is what Jeff, I think, learned when he was out there on the golf course. It's that simple. And so the same thing true that Odie installed in us, which is like your sales report is just a number. Like, and, and it's a derivative of solving problems. And sales means you're solving problems. It means you're, you're helping people. You're moving them in a direction that... that improves their situation. People don't buy things unless they're going to at least have a perceived improvement of their situation. And they're not going to stay with you unless they have an actual improved situation. And so I love that about golf too, because there's no room on the scorecard for lack of a better term feelings. It's Mm -hmm. just a fact. I shot, I made a seven. Mm -hmm. I remember being six holes into the U.S. Open all tipped out, and I'm like one over par, feeling like I already got the trophy in my hand. And then I made a 10 on number seven without even losing my stinking ball. And it's it's humbling, too, Mm -hmm. right? Every every shot, every hole, I love the way you described it. It's such a great analogy for life. And so when kids can get involved in the game of golf, they learn about life. It's just a number. And then you learn that the circumstances, your, your score that day, doesn't determine your overall worth. Right? Mm-hmm. You're still, your worth is inherent. It's, it's the same. Mm-hmm. You can have a good day, a bad day. And I think that you know, kids and adults alike need to learn that concept as well. And some days are good caddy days, and some days aren't so good. And you're going to all different personalities. And sometimes they tip you good. And sometimes they're like, the dog. remember what's the movie Caddyshack? How's that going? He goes, hey, hey, Lama, I carried for the Dalai Lama one day. Yeah, yeah. How about a little something, you know, for the effort? <laughs> he goes, to stiff me. <laughs> right? And so you learn these life lessons, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so if you could tell us how we could get involved, any other thoughts on the Evans, uh, but really how we can we get involved, um, both ProStar or anybody listening, with what you're doing? So there's two ways to get involved it's if there's an opportunity for you to take a caddy take a caddy okay. um at private golf courses in let's just say washington it's inglewood seattle meridian valley 
Broadmoor Golf Club is, <clears throat> excuse me, has one half of our Caddy Academy there, which is a, a, a separate thing from just a traditional youth caddy program. Um, it's it's students that have been heavily vetted and pre-qualified that live in the Evans Scholar House for eight weeks a year. Mm. Um, so if you're you know if you're a member of Broadmoor, if you're uh, going to play Broadmoor during those eight, that eight week period, just ask ask if there's a youth caddy of a, a youth caddy available. Okay. Um, Gearhart Golf Links, we have caddies. There's a Portland Golf Club. Um, there's a, a Portland Parks and Rec Department. Vincent Johnson mm. um, started this thing called the Eagle Program. So there's there's three public golf courses in Portland that have mm. caddies. Mm. And they usually have we have usually have three applicants a year from that from that program. It's all public golf courses. Wow. Uh, the the round is free to the golfer. So it's it, we're starting the to round to take a caddy is free to the golfer. You just tip. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but the kid gets paid. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess the, the to, your, to answer the first part of the question, like we're growing caddy programs in Washington, Oregon, California. Um, just be aware that even if it is a public golf course or a resort course, I mean, Bandon Dunes has forty youth caddies hmm. that are apply or that are trying to get the Evans Scholarship. Wow! So okay. if you go to Bandon. Right, destination yeah. resort course. Yep, yep. And you've been there a few times. Yep. Right. Take a kit. Just take one of these kids out. They go through quite a few months of like rigorous training with pro loopers. So they're good caddies. Yeah. Um, they're not pro caddies. They won't have yeah. like all the old stories, but they're really good yeah. kids and they're really good caddies. And they'll and, and they will and they'll yeah. be great on the bag. And they're trying to get the scholarship. That's um, awesome. So that's okay. number one. Number two is like is obviously it costs a lot of money to have eleven hundred kids in school. Um. So yeah. we have 1,130 full tuition housing caddies in school right now with, wow. our, with our goal with that 100-year anniversary to be at 1,500 caddies in in school at our 24 partner universities. So, um, And most of that's donations. So um, I wrote 1,600. I'm just going to go ahead and add 100. I think we can get to 16. <laughs> okay. so, I, well, at the rate we're going, go. we will hopefully blow by it. But, yeah, that's uh, great. But, our, great. but our, our, our goal is 1,500 kids in school. Um, yeah. and, and most of it's uh, donor. It's, it's all donors, um, whether it's alumni giving back. Um, What's the best way for back. donors to become uh, engaged and involved? Um, just through the website, wgaesf.org. Um, the it's our giving platform is it's called the Par Club. Um, so wgaes.org. ESF. ESF. Evans mm -hmm. Scholarship Fund.org. Yep. Okay. Um, and what was the other? So it's like uh, Par Club <coughs> is you know two hundred fifty dollars a year. Um, you can have it renewable. You can pay over time, up to you know any amount you want, whether through. Um, you know, retirement funds, that kind of stuff. Um, but, but anything that's donated above $2,500 is matched by the, um, our match play partners who are our, our big donors that don't, that donate more than 50 grand a year. Mm. Um, so if you donate $2,500 and let's say it's through, you know, an empl employer matched. So you, you know, yeah. if you can get that 2,500 number, we, through bigger donors also <coughs> match that. So your gift is doubled. It has more, um, uh, impact. So the the best way to get involved, take a caddy when they're available. Yep. Um, financially, because we're trying to to grow and get more kids the opportunity to get 
a higher ed- education. Yep. Um, and then also, if you if you want to think about starting a program or or you you know a kid that want that that would be a good fit for the scholarship that wants to caddy, just to have them reach out to me. Yeah, because you guys, it's interesting because normally my my natural thing would be those two first ones make total sense and let's do them. But then I would think placement and mentorship of these kids during and post-graduation puts you guys are batting at 95%. So what is the secret? What is the secret there? Like, what does it look like to get that graduation rate but also the placement rate? Like, what is the, yeah, what is, I mean, and when I looked at the house, there was somebody there, I can't, when I've, I toured the Seattle house, like I said, and somebody was there and very engaged and mm-hmm. um, had a number of folks that he was talking to, and I can't remember his name, but I know he's involved with mentoring. and Was it Dan? Maybe. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's our career services person, right? Okay, so, so he, you have somebody, yeah. He's based at, in, at headquarters in uh, uh, Chicago, and, right. and, and this is a new role, too. I think he yeah. started, like, five maybe like five to six years ago. Okay, yeah. Where we, through our directors, who yeah. are volunteer either members at clubs yeah. or recruiting partners, you know, school counselors, through our directors and through our, our partnerships with organizations, like let's just say big business organizations, yeah. right? Like Chevron. And like yeah. He's able to assign these students mentors that's, and they check in with them yeah. Um, you know, he, he there's a yeah. whole framework he has that they fill out that they yeah. you know, it's like a half hour meeting, you know, every other month. Yeah. Um, he helps them he helps place them at, at internships and it's just a matter of just reaching out to our 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 volunteer directors who were like the heartbeat of this whole thing. Right. Right. Like right. I can I can find students that are have financial need, good grades, willing to work, but if I don't but if we don't have like the member at the golf club like you or, mm-hmm. you know, or the directors there that are going to take these kids out regularly yeah, and mentor them when they're on the golf course. Yeah. And then have that opportunity to mentor them in their career as well. Yeah. Like that's like, that's what really makes this thing work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hiring these kids. I mean, I think I'm telling you, I, I, we're unique in a sense. We don't hire for skill. We train, we hire for the person and then we train a skill. Right, mm-hmm. and you've been a client for a long time, and you recognize that we have high quality people, and mm-hmm. our net promoter score is just slightly above USA, which is the highest nationally ranked net promoter score in the insurance world. So, but the same philosophy I think of these kids is, I don't think you can miss if you hire an Evans Scholar, and and that's that's what everyone who hires out of our out of our pool says. Yeah, and I sat and met these kids, and yeah, and yeah I had lunch with Luke, you know, the, the kid who caddied for us. He's, mm-hmm. he's a real estate major, a senior at the University of Washington, and, I mean, he's going to, I'd buy stock in him right now. Yeah. Yeah, so that, you know, I'd think of that, but, you know, at the end of the day, the, they're already, there's already plenty of competition for their services at 95% placement rate, so um, we're, we're back to taking a caddy, Expanding the program, getting from eleven thirty to sixteen hundred plus. Yep. By the end of the decade. Yep. By twenty thirty. Yeah. Well, we we're in twenty twenty three. 
you know my favorite <clears throat> my favorite video to play I probably played it 10,000 times is when uh, JFK talks about we choose to go to the moon mm-hmm. you know and what you're choosing to do which is it was is a novel goal it's a novel mission um, what you guys are choosing to do is give these give these students these kids an opportunity that's going to completely change the trajectory of their life and likely of their families and uh but I would love to hear that last piece I asked a little bit ago is how did you get now you are with Evans you're 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 representing the West Coast how did you make the leap and talk about the volunteer side of it because there's maybe some people who might want to get involved in volunteer in some way mm-hmm. shape or form I mean I, I love the first tee from the same perspective yeah. right it's just it's just such an opportunity for kids yeah and Evan has been like a, a huge partner in 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 developing these programs yeah with just promoting the opportunity to his kids at the first tee yeah like I would say I, I don't know I don't know the number exactly but it's it's north of 75 percent of the kids that are in in, in the caddy yards in the Seattle area are f- due to Evan's work at the first tee. That's awesome. I didn't yeah, know that. He's, he's been phenomenal. And he's, I mean, he, he helped to get Inglewood started before I even took this job at, uh, the, at the, uh, uh, WGA. That's awesome. So, yeah. Um, what was your question? How did you get, how did you find, how did you get, How'd you make the move? You, I mean, you were at Inglewood, yeah. you were at Seattle. And, yeah, it was. And, and you went from you went to a place where there was a lot, there was a caddy program, yep. or the youth caddy program at Seattle. I'm sure you you know that got you going and thinking more about how you can you, you expand this. But yeah, it was it, it was difficult. So, you know, I moved into the private side of the, being a golf professional at Inglewood. Yep. Um, thought that's really what I wanted to do. Um, uh, liked everything about it. Yep. Um, loved the membership. Loved getting to know the membership. Yeah. Like again, that's like my favorite thing. Yeah. About the job, a mil- like over and over. Just yeah. That, that's that. That's what would get me up. And you're great at it. Yeah. Um, but I, I did couldn't see myself um, being a head golf professional. I saw myself industry adjacent from probably 2019 on. Right. Luckily, I got to meet. You know, a, a couple directors who are you know, our, our WGA volunteers at uh, Inglewood. Um, then took needed a change of pace, so I took a job at Seattle Golf Club, um, uh, and then got to meet more directors there. Yeah, got to see the youth caddy program. You know, in its you know the inner workings. Got to you know see how how it's done, how the trains go, how the recruiting goes, or how there wasn't much recruiting. It was more of word of mouth, right? right. It's been around for a hundred years. Right. Um, and then COVID hit. Yeah. And I was like, well, now what do I want to do? Because I'm not sure I want to be a head golf professional. I want to be, I want to promote the game of golf through, like, through caddying. How do I do this? Um, so I have this little whiteboard in my kitchen that I would write ideas down, starting this, you know, caddy coalition provide opportunities for kids you know in north north of seattle similar to what i had done um and so i was constantly trying to figure out how to provide opportunities for kids outside of just seattle golf club and and um inglewood right Hmm. how to reach you know out into tacoma or spokane or right yeah um and then when i got back 
Um, when the golf opened up again, then we were just, you know, just trying to, to survive. Um, um, the opportunity to that they were that the WGA was investing in human capital out west and hiring people rather than relying on the volunteer directors. Right. And so I was pretty much just knocking on their door daily, um, saying, "Hey, I want to do this. Uh, I've been trying to do something like this as a form of, you know." my way of giving back yeah right um if you can provide if you can provide that opportunity um it's that that as a pga professional as as a former Evans scholar it yeah. was like junior programming getting kids into golf getting kids access to the game getting, getting them access to the this life-changing opportunity for the scholarship um and then eventually um i joke with todd that i kind of just like warrant warrant my Todd's my uh, coworker. Now I, that I eventually just wore him down, and he had to hire me. That's awesome. Um, but what you said there is is you know I really would. I mean, maybe I'd wait around this up, and then and then let you know how people can get a hold of you. We've already got the website, the WGA Evans Scholarship Foundation. So WGAESF.org. Is it you got clear? I just really hope, you know, we're in the business, we say in person, we're in the business to make people's day. But I mean, one of the things that we do is we hire people who, who help people level up. They teach. The real heart is to teach mm -hmm. and to help people, certainly, and advocate for them in times of need in the insurance world. That's, that's a, just part of the job. But the education and advice, holistically, is really who we want to be. And we want to be connected to things that do the same. And so... In that, our mission has always been we're in the business to make people's day. And probably about eight years ago, we go, you know what? The longer we go along, and customers in, in the insurance world, they're for life. You know, you, you own a house, you drive a car, you, you need, it's kind of like being a dentist. It's, you know, once a year it renews, we reach out and you can call us if, you've, if anything's changed and let us know if things change come along. And we operate in these moments that matter, right? Mm -hmm. You bought a car, you crashed a car, you. Kids learning to drive. You just got the boat. You had to sell the boat. Like you always have to call insurance professionals. So we we made that our mission. We're in the business of making people's day, but really we're in the business of making people's lives because we watch their trajectory. Are they going in a direction that's positive? And so when we got clear on that, everything changed for us. I mean, we started in 07. You have to keep the lights on. You got to just sell sell insurance so mm -hmm. that you know you you survive and. We did that for a number of years, and then you know we were able to kind of get some traction and, and get going, and and uh, then we could get clear in about 2014, which is seven years in, on like who do we hire? You know, from that day forward, we've we've really hired intentionally, and it's not easy. It's not easy to become. And the same thing with you. You had to beat on the door and beat on the door. How do I get involved? I want to get involved. I'd mm -hmm. like to get involved. And now you're in. But I think the reason you got in is you said just a minute ago. Your mission was to promote the game of golf through caddying. You were clear. And, and I can't stress enough how important that is right now for people. It, it, their health, their vitality, their situations, the possibilities, that they have clarity. And then it became through the Evans and with the opportunity of becoming an Evans scholar. Mm -hmm. But your first mission right there was to promote the game of golf through caddying. So... I just love that, like I said, virtuous synergy. I want to be around people 
who are either clear or striving to be. Not those that are just going through everything whimsically. Mm-hmm. Selfishly, they also file less claims, I think, because they know where they're going. I don't know. If that makes any sense. They've run into less stuff. I'm serious. <laughs> it's fair. It's, it's fair. And, it, and, and ultimately, you, you know, when you're in the insurance business, it's like <clears throat> you, you, you're a funny product. People pay for a product they hope they never have to use. Mm-hmm. But when they do, you need to be there and you need to be ready. And so when you've got clarity in, of your mission, you are. And you were ready. You knew what you wanted to do. And so when the opportunity arose, boom, you're in. Mm-hmm. So how can they get a hold of you specifically if you have any folks that are looking to start a caddy club or, or looking to um, plug in kids who might caddy or mm-hmm. donate or yeah. go to... Yeah, uh, yeah, most of the information is on that website. There's a caddy resource located there. Perfect. Um, uh, it has caddy resources. We just updated the caddy program locator, so okay. if, you, if you're near that. But more specifically, if you have any questions or anything like that, like my email is my last name, K-N-U-E, at WGAESF.org. Got it. Um, well, Paul, and, and oh, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk caddies and how to get kids going um you know to what age do you recommend depends on maturity <clears throat> kind of yeah and, and, and capability to carry 100 percent. and also like you know there's labor issues right like so we ideally the kids that we're trying to actively recruit and train are the 14 to 15 year olds yeah um, we will will know what their grades are after freshman year of high school. Kind of right. ha- understand, you know, what how they are as a student, what they what their interests are leaning towards. What's the average GPA for our finalists? It's yeah. three point seven. Okay. Average loop count is one hundred and seventy five, or caddying regularly for three three to four years. Okay, so three to four years of caddying. So start, you know, freshman year yep. and caddy all the way up. Yep. Try to get 150 to 200 loops. Mm-hmm. Maintain a GPA of 3.7 or above. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. a financial need, obviously. And that's varying, right? Financial yeah. need. During the application process, um, you'll fill out a, a financial statement where your parents will fill out, like, uh, write an essay on top of your individual essay about, like, here's, here's why we need financial aid. Yeah, and there's also we use the FAFSA and the the, the uh, CSS okay. to kind of determine based on you know where people live. What I could tell you, you know, the average was seventy two thousand dollars a year per like combined household. Yeah, but that's also heavily weighted in, 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 in Midwest. the Midwest. In the uh, Midwest, um, yeah. hardly any in the Northeast or or West Coast last year. So yeah, there'll be a lot more. We have a lot more applicants this year in the Northeast and the West Coast. So. Um, that average might be a little different. How about the character vetting? How do you guys vet that? I know that was a, a kind of a a last, a last piece, other than the loops, the, the grades, and the needs. Yeah, so they have to, this. The caddy has to be um, uh, sponsored <coughs> by their club, so they have to Got have it. a letter of recommendation and a caddy evaluation form filled out by like a, a head golf professional or a caddy manager or whoever okay. is in charge of the caddies. Yep, and then also the school. Counselor has to do a high school evaluation um, and a letter of, of, of recommendation, either counselor or teacher or superintendent okay. or coach. Yep, yep. Um, and then we also, we don't ask for them, but we we encourage kids to um, send in letters of recommendation. Reference, recommendation. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, man. 
Well, I just encourage you to keep at it, you know, keep yeah. doing what you're doing and, and uh, keep promoting the game of golf through caddying. But especially um, I think what you're, you're doing is promoting the opportunity for kids to see and be a part of um, a community that, like I said, when I, I just, you just don't know, you just didn't know exists. And so, you know, if a kid gets in there and doesn't like it, great. But at least he had the opportunity. It's just a gift to give kids different experiences, uh, a variety of experiences, and then they might be like you who just latch on mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to show up at 5 a.m. and I'm going to do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. and, and, and those kids, or, I'd hire them in the heartbeat. Or, they, or they'll find through caddying that maybe they don't want to go to college. Maybe they want to go work for you yep. know, this member that's been taking them out. Yeah. They, like, yeah. Oh, I want to go straight into selling yeah. real estate. Like, yeah. Forget it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just opening those doors yeah. for the kids. Totally. Is... is um, Ideally, we want them to become Evan scholars because we want them to be part of the, the family and yeah. the, the community and the network. But what do you do with kids that miss? They apply. They're close. They so Mike yeah. Kaiser, Bannon Dunes, yeah, right, golf course resort developer. He um, had the idea that you, we take the same application and we it's if they're great caddies, maybe they just miss on the financial needs side of things. They get awarded a $2,500 a semester, I believe. Okay. Scholarship That's from, cool. from the separate fund. And they can apply that to anything. They can, they can apply that. It doesn't have to be any of our partnering universities. So why $250? So everything's in increments of $250 for the park club, $2,500 for the match. Easy for people like me to remember? No, yeah. that's good. I mean, I like it. But that, but that $2,500 is, is mm -hmm. a, yeah, it's an easy round number. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what it is. We just we just yeah. fundraised for it um, again this year, so it might. It, um, I'll have to double check for sure. I was but. amazed at the last thing I'll say is I was amazed at the annual event that I had the chance to be at and play in. I was amazed at the support. Just you no know, no pun intended. It was at Broadmoor, but mm -hmm. the broad support in that room to raise as much money as was raised mm -hmm. in like. That auction. I don't know what the target was, but I think it came in north of five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. I think every all all in without the matching, it was pretty. It was pretty close to that. And I'm just going, man. You know, that it's not anybody can have an auction and anybody can have a golf tournament. There's lots of them, and we'll do the pro star invitation and and you know. But there's there's a something special about the synergy of what you're doing that. The world needs more of so i hope that you take uh take paul up on any way of, of getting involved if you're interested at all if you play golf if you're involved in the game of golf you know somebody who likes golf um talk about the evan scholarship um get get it out there i think that you know uh, aside from the three things that he mentioned um promotion you know that's a big we, we talk about the five p's the running, if the, nobody knows about it the running joke with my friends in college is like they knew i got a full ride they knew it wasn't for for golf they, yeah. did, they just didn't know what it what it was for. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I'm friends with these people. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, oh, Polly, has got a good deal." So, so promotion. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what we're here to do too. It's just to, to bring more light to to the Evan Scholarship. So, appreciate your time and coming up. And yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks for coming to that event. Like it's yeah. it, was, it was it was good to have you out there. I enjoyed it, and and I I will support this as long as it goes so we're 90 years in i like the chances of of it making it to the i can't wait to see the decade turn and us yeah. to look back and go did we hit the number i think you're gonna blow through the target 
I hope so. We're doing a lot of work, and we're doing some good work. So, yeah. Yeah, well, they're drawing people like you in. I mean, seriously. And, and, and the people that I met and the caddies I met and the volunteers and the directors you're talking about, I know them. I know how passionate they are mm-hmm. and how committed they are. And that's, that's a testament to it. how I got out there is people are committed to bringing people out there to be exposed, it, just like a kid, to be exposed to caddying, but to be exposed to the opportunity to be involved mm-hmm. with the Evans Scholarship. And um, so I'm grateful that I got that opportunity. So, yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks, Paul. Great to be with you.